Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Brownsbridge Church podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Brownsbridge Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out more information about Brownsbridge Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, it's good to see everybody today. Uh, If you're brand new with us uh, here for the first time, I want to say welcome to Brownsbridge. We're really grateful that you're here, whether you're here in the building or uh, watching online. Uh, Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. And we really hope you enjoy yourself and uh, that you plan to come back with us again sometime in the future. Um, Hard to believe this is Thanksgiving week. Happy early Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, anybody traveling this week? You're hitting the road. Yep. Some folks going to see family. I hope you have an incredible, incredible week and, um, only six weeks left in the year, which is a little bit hard to believe as well. And, uh, the season that we're in, um, is, is one, it's kind of interesting. It's one that's full of want and full of need. There's a lot of want and there's a lot of need over the next uh, six weeks. And specifically, I think for most of us, we'd say it's mostly want. There's a lot of want between now and the end of the year. Specifically for our family, uh, we not only have the Christmas holiday coming up, but we have three birthdays uh, for our sons between now and Christmas. Our uh, youngest turns six on Thanksgiving Day this coming week. And then our twins uh, will, will turn 12 on December 15th. So uh, tons of birthdays. And then obviously the Christmas festivities coming up. And uh, if you're a parent, you know what that's like. It's like you live from want uh, to want to want in this season. We don't ask our kids, what do you need for Christmas? We ask them, what do you want for Christmas, Right. And the good news is this year, uh, if you can't get them what they want for Christmas, you can just tell them that it's on a ship out in the ocean, you know, somewhere off the coast of California or Savannah. Isn't it amazing that that's a thing this year? I keep hearing about stuff being on ships and it's like, how did, how did we get that much stuff out on these ships in the ocean to begin with? It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, you can just use that uh, as an excuse with your kids, Um, husbands, You should not use that as an excuse for not getting your wife what she wants for Christmas, okay? I'm gonna go ahead and say that at the top of of the message here. But uh, this can be a season where we focus a lot on wants. But the reality is uh, we all have needs as well. I mean, we're creatures that need. Can, Can you think of the last time that you had a really, really significant need in your life? Maybe it was recent. Maybe it was in the last few days, last few weeks. Uh, Maybe it was a little bit further back than that. I know for me, as I was prepping this message, I was thinking about a couple different instances. One was a couple years ago, about two years ago, I was, uh, we were at the beach and um, I was snorkeling in the ocean and I was at this area that was about 20 feet deep and I was trying to dive down and get down to the floor of the ocean and see that, you know, the the shells and the, the, the wildlife that was there and um, I'm not a great swimmer. Uh, you know, I, I can swim. I can hang a little bit in that area, but I'm, I'm by no means uh, an expert. But it would take a significant amount of energy to get down to the floor of the ocean. But then, of course, by the time you get there, you want to enjoy it, right? It's like, I've worked so hard to get down here. I don't want to just pop right back up and go to the surface. And so I'm kind of swimming along the, the floor of the ocean, and I kind of lose track of how long it's going to take me to get back up to the top. 
And um, I end up kind of pushing off the bottom and I start going up. And then I realize, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is taking longer than expected. And then I think I'm closer to the surface than I actually was. So I let all my air go, you know, because you kind of let your air go right at, that, right at that last, you know, that last little stretch. And I still, I've let all my air go and I still am not to the surface. And some of you are probably getting uncomfortable right now. Your palms are getting a little bit sweaty. Um, spoiler alert, I did make it back to the top. <laughs> Of, of the water, but um, I broke through the surface of the water. And in that moment, you know, that was the closest to drowning I've ever experienced in my life. And in that moment, I had a significant need. I needed oxygen. I needed air. And I remember the, the, the relief that took place when I broke the surface of the water and was able to breathe again. It was extraordinary. The other time that came to mind for me, the other uh, significant need that I had was just a few weeks ago. It was about three or four weeks ago now. Um, I had what doctors call a, a kidney stone. They shouldn't call it that. Um, they should have some other name for it that's much more drastic and mean. And I should be like called a messenger of Satan or something like that. Um, because that's more of, of what the experience is like. Is anyone in here, you would just be willing to admit you've had a kidney stone? Yeah, a few of us, yeah. You feel my pain, you know what it's like. So I had one about 13 years ago. So I, I had a, a, a familiarity with it. It's not something you really want a familiarity with in life, but nonetheless, I had that. So uh, I wake up and was kind of starting to get ready for the day and um, exercise a little bit, was feeling fine. And then started to get the kids ready for school. And as, as we're starting to feed them breakfast and, um, you know, get them ready, I start feeling this pain on my right side. And again, if you've experienced this before, you know what it's like. It kind of ends up, it's like everything on this side of your abdomen and by your back, your, your ab muscles, everything just starts to tighten up. And there ends up just being this pain Deep, deep pain in your, right, in, in your side, whichever side you're having it on. So uh, we're going through the morning and it's like, gosh, like, like, it starts, it, you know, the pain starts settling in. I was like, that sort of feels like a kidney stone. And, um, and then about five to 10 minutes later, I was like, hey, uh, Kelly, I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need you to get the kids on the bus like, cause I gotta go crawl up on the couch in the fetal position and, uh, and, and try to get some relief from this pain. And the reality is uh, there's really nothing that brings relief to it. The only thing that brings relief is, is for that thing to break up or somehow uh, pass. I'm not trying to get too anatomical this morning for us in church, but um, I end up, I say, hey, Kelly, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to go get this, you know, get, get it scanned and, and get some meds or get some help. So I, I jump in the car and I'm kind of gripping the steering wheel and I'm driving to the urgent care place and I get to the urgent care place and I, I tell them what's going on. I'm like, hey, I've had one before. I'm pretty sure I'm not pretty sure. I know that like, this is a kidney stone. And I'm like doubled over walking like this as I come in the place. And they look at me and they say, well, um, we, we don't have any diagnostic equipment here set up yet. And so we, they're, they're going to want to do some scans. So we, we can't treat you here. You're going to need to go to the hospital. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot. You know, and uh, I get in my car. And at some point in that whole interaction of going into the urgent care place and coming back out and getting in my car, it, it broke loose. Something, something broke loose. The pain went from about a nine or a 10 on the, on the pain scale down to about a three or the four. And I, I ended up driving to the hospital and, um, you know, they, they did an x-ray and they said, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's not in there anymore. Um, we can tell from your blood work. It looks like you had one, but it, you know, it looks like we can't see one on the x-ray. And, um, there was so much relief once that pain went from a 10 down to a three or a four. 
That was, that was the significant need I had in that moment. I really didn't care about anything else in life but getting relief in that moment. I woke up when I was getting ready, I was thinking about all these meetings and these decisions that needed to be made and you know, things that needed to get done. And I was worried about all these little things. But then once a significant need got dropped into my life, those things began to look really, really small. You see, need is so much more powerful. It's so much more powerful than want. We all have wants in our lives. We've got plenty of these, but when we have a need and when we see a need and when we recognize a need, most of our wants begin to look really, really small. When I came up out of that water and was able to breathe again, it gave me new perspective in that moment. The small things began to look like what they actually are. They began to look small. And I had a new appreciation I had a new appreciation for something I was taking for granted just a few moments before. Specifically, air. I was, I was breathing all morning long and when I finally had a need for breath, I had an appreciation for it. I felt fine, I was comfortable, I had my health that, that one morning about three or four weeks ago and, and then all of a sudden when I get paralyzed with pain, I realized my need for comfort and relief in that area. You have a new appreciation for things that you maybe took for granted just a few minutes earlier. And this isn't the case with wants, is it? With wants, it's kind of interesting. You can go from want to want to want and really never blink an eye. You can have one want, be, be satisfied in your life and immediately turn to the next want. Parents, you may know what this is like. I mean, your kids would never do this and certainly mine would never do this either. But uh, at Christmas time, maybe you've seen or maybe you've heard about a kid that would open a gift and like the moment they get the wrapping paper open, like they don't even take all of the paper off of the gift. They like just see what it is and they're like, oh, cool, toss that on the ground, immediately grab another one and start opening it, right? Again, your kids would never do that. Neither, neither would mine, but it's because we can go from want to want. Adults can do the same thing. Again, you would never do this and I would never do this, but some adults, some adults uh, can be seated to uh, an incredible, seated down to an incredible dinner, a nice steak that's cooked to perfection, uh, truffle, mac and cheese, uh, Brussels sprouts that have so much stuff on them. They taste like candy. I don't know why we think Brussels sprouts are healthy when we like cook them that way, but somehow we're convinced like, no, it's a, it's a, it's a vegetable. I'm like, there's a lot more butter and sugar on that than there is vegetable, but we, we can eat this unbelievable meal. And then the waiter comes up and it's like, would you like to see a dessert menu? And like, before he even finishes the question, before the words are even out of his mouth, we're like, yes, we would love to see a dessert menu. Yeah. Cause we just went from a want to another one. And we're like, we look at the dessert menu. We're like, you know what? I'm only going to have a bite of something, but I want to try two different things on here. So I'm going to go ahead and have two of these, you know, one of, one of each of these. I just, yeah, just one spoon. Yeah. One spoon. That's great. But the reason why, the reason why we can do this is because want is different than need. We can go from one want to the next without stopping, but that's not so with need. That's not the case with need. When a need is met, there's a satisfaction that goes deeper. When a need is met, there's a, there's a peace. There's a settling that happens in our lives. 
See, need does what want could never do. Want gets satisfied and we just keep trucking with life. We kind of like look to the next thing, but with need, it, it stops us in our tracks. It does something more powerful in us. Think about it. If, if I, when I came up out of that water and finally was able to breathe again, imagine someone offered me dessert in that moment. Like, hey, uh, Adam, you want a piece of chocolate cake? And I'm like, all I can think about in the moment is breathing. I have this need that's being met in the moment, not tempted by anything. Same thing when I was leaving the hospital. Again, I had just gotten relief. It's like, I wasn't tempted by food or dessert or wasn't thinking about these other wants or desires in my life. I was just happy to feel okay. Need does something to us that want can never do. And the problem is, and you already know this, we all know this, no one wants to be needy. None of us in here want to be needy. We, we associate need with weakness and nobody wants to be the weak one at work. Nobody wants to be the weak one on the team. No one wants to be the weak one in the family. No one wants to be the weak one in the neighborhood. None of us want to be needy. So when needs start to rise up in our lives, typically we will push back on them. We'll respond in a couple different ways. The first way, when we see our need, we'll, we'll resist. We'll see the need rise up and it's like, oh, you know, we start focusing on other areas of life, maybe trying to overcompensate for this area where we have a need. We can also reject the need. This is where we ignore it or we think, you know what, if I just don't think about it, if I just don't pay attention to it, it'll eventually take care of itself on its own. We end up living in a little bit of denial. We reject the need. Or thirdly, we can react. And, and this is when we like freak out and we see the need. And we're like, oh, I don't like need in my life. So I wanna take care of this need as quickly as humanly possible. So we throw all our resources into one basket. Other areas of our life potentially suffer. Or we, we, we respond, again, it's not, it's not bad to respond to the needs in our lives and try to take care of them, but we respond at such a pace when we react that it's not good for us or good for those around us. I know I'm guilty of this. Uh, this fall, I uh, shared a couple of weeks ago, I, I was the head coach for my son's football team, sixth grade Sharon Springs Falcons. Um, and uh, that uh, involved a ton of work, a ton of thought time. Um, there was tons of stuff going on with work and here at the church. And our family had a lot going on this fall. And, and uh, have you ever been to a place in life, have you ever gotten to a place in life where you just needed a break? Like you felt that that was coming on and it genuinely was a need. I, I had that need this fall. And I feel like I did all three of these things. I feel like there was moments where I tried to overcompensate in other areas. I think there was moments where I said, nope, just forget about it and just keep plowing ahead, keep getting stuff done. And then there was also moments where I reacted to it. You know what? I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit burned out in the season. So I'm just gonna sleep in in the morning. If I can sleep till like nine or 10 o'clock, we'll be good. Everything will be solved from the last two or three months. And that ends up not solving it either. Have you done this in your life? Have you resisted or rejected or reacted to a need? We've all done it at some point. And when we do, we miss out on what need does in us. 
the impact that it can have on us. And this isn't just a satisfaction thing. It's not just a peace thing, although it does. It brings a a settling and a peace that want never could. It's more than that though. If you're a follower of Jesus here today, there's actually something that God does uniquely through our need in our life. The New Testament talks about it in a number of different areas, but specifically Jesus talks about it in Matthew 5. And uh, it's one of his most famous sermons. I almost said firmans. Famous sermons, that's what that means. Um, Famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, A lot of scholars believe that this wasn't a sermon that he gave just one time. This was actually the message that he preached over and over again as he went to different towns and villages. You're probably familiar with it, but in Matthew chapter five, it says this. It says, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And this is where the Sermon on the Mount begins. And you may be familiar with this, that he begins with these things called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are simply postures or approaches or perspectives on life that Jesus says, hey, when you're following me, when you're experiencing my kingdom and my life, this is the way your life will look. And the very first one has to do with need. Out of all this huge, long Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preaches, he starts specifically in the area of need. He says this, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I wanna take a few minutes and break down the different elements of this verse. The first is this word blessed. Um, Blessed comes from the Greek word makarios and Um, I mentioned this a couple months ago, but there's really not a great English translation for this word. Oftentimes it just gets translated to happy and happy is not a, you know, a a word that um, really captures it that well. So we end up using the word blessed, but it's more than that. It's more than that. If if you've ever been at a place in your life where you're like, you know what? Life is just really going well right now Or, or, or everything's in a good spot. If you've ever been in a spot like that, that is Makarios. It's, it's as if you're in your happy place. And it's not that every little detail and every little thing is worked out. It's the overall picture of your life. You can be happy and have a lot wrong in your life because you've got this one little specific thing that you're focused on in the moment. It's like that one little thing's going well. And so it's made me happy. That's not what this is talking about here. This is talking about the overall picture of our life. Of our life. It's, it's as if you're in your happy place. Blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now we see that on the surface and don't really like it. It's like poor, I, I, you know, we don't, I don't know about poor and I, you know, I don't know about being in low spirits. I don't, you know, on the surface, kind of look at that and go, yeah, I don't. I mean, aren't we supposed to be fired up about life and excited about life? And isn't there supposed to be enthusiasm? And, you know, I've worked a lot to build my financial wealth and to plan for the future and be wise financially. And he's not talking about physical poverty in this moment. He's talking about poverty of spirit. What does he mean by that? Well, another translation for poor in spirit is blessed are those who recognize their need for God. Blessed are those who recognize their need for God. The message translation says, blessed are you or happy are you when you're at the end of your rope. 
Because with less of you, there's more of God. So when you recognize your need for God, he says you are blessed. Not just blessed in one specific moment. No, you are in your happy place. Things are as they should be in your life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does Jesus mean by this? He simply means the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that he talks about throughout his ministry. It's the, it's the kingdom that he came to introduce. He said the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's also the kingdom that he invited all of us to participate in. It's God's rule. It's God's economy. It's the way God designed things to work. It's the life that we experience when we put our faith in and follow Jesus. We experience his kingdom. And it makes sense. And think about it. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, you think about the things that are not there when we're truly living out, living out our need for God. What's not there is arrogance. What's not there is pride. What's not there is a high view of self. What's not there is looking down on others. What's not there is thinking and being convinced. Everything that I think, everything that I believe is right. And if you disagree with me, you are on the other side and you are wrong. When we're poor in spirit, when we recognize our need for God, those things go away. We can live out of the love of God in our lives. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I love this word is right here. This is so important. All but one of the other Beatitudes are future tense. Meaning it says, blessed are the fill in the blank for they will be, they will be, they will be. And it points to some future reward or some future experience. But in this first Beatitude, Jesus is saying, no, when you're poor in spirit, You experience the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God in the here and now. You don't have to wait until the future. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, why is it? Why is it that Jesus at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is highlighting our need? Think about it. Jesus... Jesus meets people in their need. If you look at scripture, if you look at the gospel accounts of Jesus's life, when he went from town to town and from village to village and to person to person, he was always meeting people in their need. I don't know what you use uh, to, to read the Bible. Maybe use a physical Bible or maybe use the Bible app, but I would encourage you to do this sometime in the next few days, maybe the next couple of weeks. Just scroll through the various titles in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can do this fairly quickly. If you just scroll on your app or if you've got the physical Bible, just, just turn the pages and read the titles. And you'll often come across a specific need that someone has. You'll see a paralyzed person, a lame person, Jesus healing a blind man, a mute man, a dead person, someone that's crippled. Maybe it's not a physical need. Maybe it's some sort of social or spiritual need. Maybe the person's an outcast. It's a person that's been caught in a life of sin that Jesus intersects with. Maybe it's a tax collector or a sinner 
someone that was just considered the worst of the worst in that day. That was where Jesus was always meeting people, right in their need. There's one instance in the gospels where um, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law they're, they're, they're with Jesus in the temple on a Sabbath day and they're trying to trick Jesus and they're always trying to, to take Jesus out. In this one moment, they see this guy, he's, he's got, he's, it's described as a withered hand. We don't know what's wrong with his hand. Somehow his hand was crippled, but it's described as a withered hand. And if you think about it, in those days, uh, this, this would have been a death sentence in a lot of ways. Wouldn't be able to work, um, wouldn't be able to provide for your family, People assume that since you had this, this ailment, that somehow you were cursed from God. And so th- this man with the withered hand, it, it, who knows what he did? He probably kept it hidden. He probably had it behind his cloak or behind his, his, his clothing. And he, you know, if someone came up to shake hands, he would shake hands with the other hand. It was probably a, a source of shame and a source of hurt for him and a source of need for him for many, many years. And the Pharisees end up asking a question about this man related to the Sabbath. And Jesus says to this man, he says, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Here's this hand that again, this, this man has probably kept hidden, has probably kept it behind the scenes, doesn't want other people to see it. And Jesus is like the very thing, the very thing you need the most. I want you to extend it. Your greatest place of need, I want you to extend it. I want you to stretch out your hand. So Jesus meets this man in his place of brokenness, in his place of need, his greatest need in that moment. Jesus is highlighting it, but he's not just highlighting it for highlighting's sake. He's highlighting it because he wants to meet that man in that area. And today, you and I have some sort of a withered hand. Looks different for all of us in here. It may not be physical, maybe in some other area of life, but we have a withered hand. We have a spot in our life where we've probably kept it hidden and we've, we've probably felt shame around this area. We've probably not wanted others to see it and we end up compensating in other ways with this area. And today Jesus is inviting us all to stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. As Jesus, Jesus meets people in their need and we all need him. We all need him. And maybe that area in life that we have kept hidden is the very place where Jesus wants to meet us in a personal, in a specific way. Stretch out your hand. So this season, there's a couple questions. First is, what do you want? What do you want? Again, we'll, we'll answer this question. We'll answer this question over and over again. And there's nothing wrong with this question. I'm, I'm not trying to, to throw shade on desire. I think God can use the desires in our lives to do a lot as well. So answer this question, but don't stop there. Make sure you answer this question as well. What do you need? What do you need? And when you see your need, 
When you see your need, don't resist, don't reject, don't react. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Observe it. Admit it. Recognize it. This is what Jesus was saying in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who recognize their need for God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's my prayer for you and for us this season. And here's a a fun assignment that you can try. Is this week at Thanksgiving, um, just listen to the conversation and ask yourself, is this in the category of want or is this in the category of need? We all do this. It's much easier to live in conversation and interactions in the area of want. It'll be wants that have been satisfied, people um, grateful for different things that have happened throughout the year, or When people are complaining this holiday season, it will probably be around a want that has not been satisfied. So just listen out for that. But don't stop there. Think about and give thanks for needs that have been met. For needs that God has met this year. If you want extra credit, you can try to turn the conversation at the Thanksgiving table to needs as well. And then again, as you see your need, needs that have not been met, recognize them. Recognize them. And then after Thanksgiving, we begin next weekend, the Advent season. I don't know if you celebrated Advent growing up. It would depend on the church that you grew up in. I know my church growing up, we didn't celebrate Advent. It was, it's only been the last few years that I've begun to do some exercises around this. But Advent in Latin simply means coming. And it's a celebration of the coming of our Savior, the coming of Jesus at Christmas. And Advent is a season season of preparing for Christmas. And the way we prepare is to actually focus on and admit our need for God. And so as a church this year, we're going to take a journey. Um, All of us are going to jump in and be a part of this journey of preparing for Christmas. And if you're brand new here, you're welcome to join in as well. But here's what it's going to look like. Starting uh, next Monday, a week from tomorrow, uh, every weekday morning, we're going to send out a short video, about a five-minute video. Our um, director of adult ministries, Tim Cooper, has been working on these. He's going to be leading uh, leading these on our weekday mornings. But um, it's going to be a short video just to remind us of our relationship with God in this season. Remind us of our need for God in this season and help us get prepared for Christmas. Now, you, as you walked in today, there was some QR codes around the building. Some of you may have already signed up, but we're gonna put a QR code up right now. And I'm gonna ask that you just go ahead and pull out your phone right now and sign up for this Christmas experience, this Advent journey that we're gonna take together as a church. Again, it's just a chance for us to be reminded every day of our need for God as we go up to the Christmas holiday. Now, uh, I learned this a couple months ago, but you don't have to take a picture of that QR code. All you do is you turn on your camera and you point it at that and it will drop down uh, a little drop down thing from the top. You click on that and it'll take you to the website where you can sign up. We're not gonna send you a ton of messages. We're not gonna spam you. It's simply gonna be the video each weekday morning starting a week from Monday through the Christmas season. And we think, We think this will be 
a great next step to help us as a church as we journey towards Christmas together. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's not just go from want to want in this season. That's what we're gonna be tempted to do. We're gonna be tempted to go from want to want in this season, but there's so much more that God has for us. And we can experience it through recognizing our need, recognizing your need, recognizing my need. And not just the small needs in our lives, but ultimately how the small needs in our lives point us to our ultimate need for God. So we're gonna close today uh, by singing a song that says just that. God, we need you. And I hope that it is a reminder to you today. As we go throughout this week, we see family, we get into the holiday hustle and bustle that we would not miss our need and that Jesus would meet us there and turn our eyes to him in this season. Let me pray for us and then we'll sing together. Father, we need you. We need you. We, uh, we don't always like to be honest about our need. God, we confess that today. Um, we like to be tough and to have life figured out and to have life moving in the right direction. And there's so many different responsibilities on so many different shoulders in this room. Um, and those are good things that you've invited us to be a part of, God. But we pray, God, that we would never lose sight of the fact that we ultimately can do nothing apart from you and that our lives are empty apart from you. Then we could have everything buttoned up, but if we don't have you, God, we don't have anything. So God, as we begin this holiday season, as we move into these days ahead that are so rich, but also so busy, God, would you keep our minds and eyes fixed on you? Would we recognize our need for you? In Jesus' name, amen.